You are listening to weekly messages from Austin Christian Fellowship. For more information about ACF, visit acfellowship.org. Greetings, everybody. How you guys doing? So good to see you. Can we please thank this amazing group of musicians for leading us in worship, and thank you for going along. It's, if I don't have the chance to know you, and especially you guys there online, uh, welcome. My name is Will Davis Jr., and I have the pleasure, along with my wife Susie, of being founding participants and leaders of Austin Christian Fellowship. We love what we do, and it's great to see you here. It's a great weekend in Austin, although the humidity showed up like out of nowhere. Thank you for coming. Um, thank you for being part of this church. If you're ever in the room or online and you want to know how to connect with our church, it's easy. Text the phrase ACF Connect, all one phrase, ACF Connect, uh, to 512-866-9908. And for prayer information, for prayer requests, for giving information, for serving information, for small groups, pick your poison. It's all there. And we'd love to serve you. And uh, you guys online can also raise a hand anytime you want in the service and ask for help as well. We have hosts that are great hosting you right now, and I'm just glad you're all here. Okay, so I've got serious housekeeping and not so serious housekeeping. Which one do you want first? Let's go with not so serious. Let's go with not so serious, because I'm, I'm trying to trend up. Um, are there any Longhorns in the house? You know what? You guys played so well. I'm serious. No, it was a tough game, big tough game. Any Baylor Bears in the house? Thank you. We won, but all two of you. Am I forgetting anybody? <laughs> Any Aggies in the house, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, okay. That's, a, that's, that's the not so serious. Um, Cecil and Jenny Campbell from Nicket Rock and Resource Network and Coleman Henderson, will you guys please stand up? These are our long-term friends from NRN who we love dearly. <laughs> Welcome, friends. Uh, Cecil and Jenny founded Nicaraguan Resource Network. Coleman is now the president, director, El Presidente, as Jenny called him this morning. And this may be the toughest season they've ever had down there. Uh, they can't get there, um, not just because of COVID, because of unrest in the country. And we have been with these guys in ministry for a lot of years, and they're family, and they're here all weekend. And I hope, obviously, if you're Nicaragua folk, and many of you are, um, please greet them. They'll be on the patio as soon as the service is over. Um, but also, if you haven't met them, they've given their lives to serving um, a really amazing community in Managua, Nicaragua, and a network of churches around there. And I've had the opportunity going more times than I can count, as have many of you. It's changed my life. It's blessed my family. And um, that makes us better people is getting to serve like that. So we love you guys. Welcome welcome back. It's great that you're here. Glad you're okay. And um, we'll try to greet them later on when the service is over. And we're gonna baptize as soon as I'm done. So pray I hurry up because this is the best part is this thing right here. Um, Lord God, I just pray now for this time that you humble me and activate my gifts and skills and um, just be glorified, please. Thank you for this topic. Thank you for this series. Pray blessings on our city today, our country, our leadership. Pray for peace in our land. I thank you for the prayers um, around the world, but also here in Austin that have gone into this weekend, that have been prayed for this weekend, this moment right now. Nobody is here by accident. Nobody's online by accident. So make it what you want it to be. 
And we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, amen. Okay, so we're doing a series called Mining for Gold in this most of the fall. And it's about calling the gold out of other people. Um, it's a series on honor, okay? In some cultures, and including this one, sometimes honor is something you seek for yourself. In the kingdom of God, which always has an upside-down economy compared to everything else going on in culture, honor is something you always seek for someone else, not yourself. Honor is never something you seek for yourself. Jesus didn't come to be honored. He came to give himself away and honor others, to elevate others. We call it mining for gold because we really do believe, based on the scriptures, that there's gold in every single human being. Regardless of their nationality, their religion, their politics, the wage of the, the part of the world they live in, the time of history they lived in, they could be Taliban leaders. They could be thugs in prison. It doesn't matter. We believe the scriptures teach that every person, because they're made in the image of God, has gold within them that they are called to rise to the level of in honoring God. And it's the job of Christians to call that out. The scriptures teach, and you guys have been, you guys have been amazing during this series. You guys online, you guys here in the room, we, this has been, the feedback has been so encouraging. Like, we waited like four years to do this series, and the timing's perfect. As we talked about just a culture of honor, which I'll define here in a minute. I'm going to put honor on the screen, like you got it there. Um, we've talked about honoring leaders. Uh, we've talked about, um, um, I forgot what you talked about, so there you go, I'm going to move on. Talk about some really great stuff. <laughs> I was up last night watching football. I have no idea what we talked about, but it was really, really good. What have we talked about, Chris? Remind me. You didn't know. What? Uh, oh, wow. No, I blocked that one out. Honoring with your words. Okay, 9 o'clock. You don't get to say that. Um, anyway, today we're talking about honoring parents. So the word honor means to ascribe value to. It's a price tag. It's a price tag. And so when you honor leaders, when you honor God, when you honor with your words, you, you, you use those to put the appropriate value on something. And honestly, we can't put an appropriate enough value on a human being because they're made in the image of God. So it's using your words, it's using your prayers, it's using your actions, whatever, to, to call to the appropriate level somebody else because we think they're in God's image. So a culture of honor is where a group of people, it could be a small group, it could be a family, it could be a school, it could be a business institution, it could be a university, it could be a football team setting, um, a sports setting, it could be a church that decide we're going to be a, a place where honor prevails. And we're not going to put up with um, the, the cancel culture. Honor culture is the opposite of cancel culture. Cancel culture says you don't matter. We're, we're, we're going to act like you don't exist. We're going to erase you from the public forum as best we can. The culture of honor says you matter and we're going to do everything we can to call you up to what you're supposed to be. One is very godly, one is demonic, honestly. So in a culture of honor, it includes honoring the people 
that God has assigned to be our parents. Question, how many of you got to choose your parents? Nobody gets to. Whether you're adopted or fostered or, or come to earth in the natural way, we don't have a lot of say in who births us and raises us. And so a culture of honor just acknowledges that that's a God thing, even though it wasn't perfect. Now, what I'm going to do in, in this setting is I'm going to talk to two groups of people. And I'm going to talk first to people that are still under the authority of their parents. And I'm going to talk secondly to people that are adults with adult parents or even deceased parents. Talk to us all. I'm in the second category. But a culture of honor is, and by the way, everything we're talking about in this series, and I could have, I could have doubled the length of the series because of the biblical, the biblical teachings on this, we're commanded in Scripture to honor leaders, to honor with our words, to honor widows, to honor enemies, to honor um, orphans, to honor parents. To put the appropriate price tag on them. We talked last week about you never mark down anything in the kingdom. It never goes on sale. You never lessen the value of somebody. To honor the least of these. This is what Cecil and Jenny have done um, and Coleman have done in, in Managua. They've honored the Nicaraguans, who are very worthy of honor, by the way. To honor those with no voice. We try in our church to honor the unborn. We don't condemn those who feel differently, but we try to honor those who have no voice. I was reading this morning a scripture about how they even brought infants to Jesus to lay his hands on them. You honor people in the image of God. So a couple of verses, one, it's curious that honoring mom and dad is one of the top 10, 10 commandments, and it's the transitional commandment that moves into now the prohibitions or statements about morality, don't kill, don't steal, don't covet, they follow um, the teaching to honor mom and dad. You have these requirements about God. You have a parenting requirement, and then you have morality, and it's, that's kind of how it flows in life. We learn about God through honoring our parents. So two commands, honor, Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. As he's given all these commands, and this is the first one that has like a condition, not a condition associated with it, but a promise. It's a promise that to the degree to which you honor the folks I have assigned to raise you and to care for you and to provide for you, the degree to which you honor them is the degree to which it's going to go well for you. And I don't think it just means you. I think it means a nation, listen, a nation that honors its elderly, a nation that honors the institution of parenting will be blessed. It's not just that it's going to go well for you. It's that, that that nation, that small group, that home, that city that chooses to honor the institution of parenting and parents will be blessed. But the child or the family or the institution that tries to diminish what a parent is will deal with the consequences of that. So it's to promise if you elevate those I've assigned to parenting, then I'm going to elevate you. And by the way, in the last week of this series, my friend Charles Patterson 
long-term leader in our city and a member of our ACF staff here is gonna teach on how God honors honor. You don't wanna miss that one because there's a whole different side to this message and this series on the results of honor. We're not gonna get much into that. We could. Jesus couldn't do any miracles or didn't do many miracles in Nazareth because they didn't honor him. He just chose not to. There's a fruit to honor, and we're gonna talk about that in the final week of the series. When you have a nation, a, people, a, group, a group of people that honors parents, then get, they get the appropriate blessing. Skip to Ephesians, written by the Apostle Paul, 1,500 and 1,600 years maybe, 1,400 years after Moses wrote, honor your father and mother under the Lord's command. Fast forward a millennia and a half. The Apostle Paul quotes it, and he said, now let me give you context in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 5, 18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I read it last week on words. Speak with one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, etc." Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. First, be mutually submitted to each other. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husband, honor, elevate, um, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Now he continues speaking and says, verse, chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents. So husbands, wives, husbands, children, and then fathers. And then slaves. He addresses the slaves. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with the promise. That it may, may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And then it goes on to continue. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. It's Ephesians 6, 4. My son had that on his door all through high school. <laughs> Smart kid, indeed. I think it's interesting that Paul addressed children in this letter. These were circular letters. Paul would dictate the letter um, to a secretary of what's known as an amanuensis, is the Greek term, someone who wrote the notes for him. And the letters that get circulated, this letter was sent to the church in Ephesus, the churches in Ephesus, at about 10 years into their Christian run. And they would read it to the gathering. So notice that Paul addresses whom he expects to be in the room. And he addresses husbands and wives, moms and dads, but now he addresses kids. Which says to me that he was pretty sure there'd be kids in the room. And he, it can mean adult parents, but in this context, he's clearly talking to children. Which makes the point that children were a, now listen, this is so good, a vital part of that Christian community. They weren't, they weren't leftovers. They weren't like, we gotta deal with them until they're 18. Paul, Paul addressed a significant part of this letter just to kids as if he expected them to be part of the Christian community and to understand what he was saying, that his parents would have them there, that the parents would have them there and would be discipling and teaching them and it would just be appropriate for him to address kids because they were there. Isn't that amazing? There's, there's, a, there's an implication for that, parents, for us in that, isn't there? So let me begin, as I said, about talking to the, the group first that are under the authority of their parents. And I mean kids, you know, under the, under the age of 18 in our culture, basically. Or if you're an adult child and you're living, listen, I'm going to create some chaos here. If you're living under the roof of your mom and dad, but you're an adult, you're under their authority. You honor the house you're in. 
And so if you're gonna, if you're gonna be an adult, and st- which is nothing wrong with this, if you're gonna be an adult and still live under the roof of your parents, then you have to honor your parents and the rules they have in that house while you're there. You don't get a pass because you're an adult. They get to set the rules of the house. If you don't wanna abide by the rules of a house, go get your own place to live. But if you're, under the, if you're under the roof of mom and dad, you're under the authority of mom and dad. Okay? Sure is quiet in here. Got a bunch of guys on the phone going, leasing agent, looking now. Okay. Children, you honor your parents by obeying them. I don't like the word obey any more than you do, but it's a great word. It simply means to be under the authority of someone, to, to follow, to submit to. And if your parents are like mine, or like I, Susie and I were as parents, they talk to you a lot about obedience and why it's important. There's things your parents know that you don't, that you will. But as you're growing up, you don't have the experience and the opportunities, in some cases the learning that they have, sometimes the mistakes they have made, and they have a God-given responsibility to raise you well protect you and teach you right from wrong. They're they're being godly when they discipline you. When they send you to time out, they ground you or take away privileges or whatever. That's like the scriptures talk about discipline. It's not a bad thing. They're They're not being mean. They're trying to help you learn. And you're not, listen kids, you're not asked um, yet to do a lot of obedience to God, but it will come. So here's how you can honor your parents by obeying them. Obeying your parents is how you learn to obey God. Authority is a big deal in the kingdom of God. It's not a big deal right now in culture. Everybody's pushing back against authority. I do what I want to do. I create my own reality. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, fine. In the kingdom of God, authority is a big, Jesus said, I'm a man under authority. I get to say, go and come because I'm under the authority of God. Jesus was not a maverick. He was under the authority of his father. He submitted to the authority of John the Baptist by being baptized. He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. He wasn't a rebel. He didn't come to start a revolution, a little bit of the physical kind, but rather the spiritual kind. So kids, as you get older, you'll feel more and more wooings of God to obey him. But the way you learn obedience is by honoring and obeying your parents. They're the first role models of God you have in your life. Grandparents, too, if they're involved. And they're not perfect, but you learn obedience to the heavenly father by obeying your earthly mother and father. Obedience is a really big deal in the kingdom, kids. And so when they say, do your chores, when they say, go up and you're ready for bed, when they say, this is how we act in this house, when they say you had this much time on TV or this much time on the internet or whatever, you say, okay, because you're learning to say, what you don't want to do is when God says, do something, delay that. You just don't want God waiting on you. And so you need to learn to be instantly obedient to the Lord God by being instantly obedient to your parents, not talking back, not arguing, not pouting. Just say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and obey because that's how you're going to learn to obey God. They're there to help you learn about God. Secondly, you, you honor your parents um, because, and you obey your parents because it's right. The scripture says in Ephesians 6, honor your parents because this is right. It literally means righteous. Righteous. It's good. It's moral. It's moral. Third, honoring your parents brings blessing. 
you will dwell on the land and you will do long. And, and um, I don't know how God blesses children yet. It could be favor, it could be health, it could be um, wisdom, like Jesus grew in wisdom and stature before men and before God. So all these things God gives, but it's really good. And so one of the things, one of the things about obeying mom and dad is God just blesses it. The, the young person who learns early to submit to mom and dad, to submit to government and leader author, school authorities, coaches, teachers, and the Lord God is on their way to a great life. Because not a perfect life, not a, not a trouble-free life, but authority is a big deal in the kingdom. And I know culture is pushing back on authority. My dad taught me, you say yes, sir, and you say no, sir, and it doesn't matter who you're talking to. You don't talk back. You say, yes, sir. If he's older than you, she's older than you, and they're in a position of authority, a teacher, principal, police officer, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Because you learn to honor God in that. Now, the implication of this, parents, and I'll put this on the screen for you, is that we have... an responsibility to actively parents, parent our children in the Lord. This cultural, boy, I wish there's a Hebrew word for this, junk that says, I'm going to raise my kids to figure out what they want to figure out. I'm going to let them make their own choices. You are jettisoning your parental responsibility by doing that. Christian parents raised, I was reading in Acts yesterday about how Lydia and how in Acts 16, Lydia and the Philippian jailer both came to Christ. In that moment, they and their households were baptized. We, as far as this house is concerned, we follow the Lord. And so this junk that says, well, my kid's an independent thinker. I'm going to let them decide for who themselves, who they want to be and who they're gonna worship is absolutely you jettisoning your parental responsibilities and you're basically handing them over to culture and to Satan to be just devoured. So we, and I don't know many parents in the NACF world who do that, but I know it's out there and I hear it sometimes, well, I'm just gonna let my kid decide. Well, good luck, let me know how that goes for you. Parents, we have a God-given responsibility to raise our kids in the Lord. Now, remember, parenting is the only responsibility, only relationship where separation is the goal. Viva la separation. I mean, it's not marriage is not separation is not the goal of marriage. Many some people think it is. No, the, the only you're successful as a parent when they leave. <laughs> And so you want to raise them to be independent, but you raise them in the Lord to do that. You raise them to worship. You raise them to pray. You raise them to give. You raise them to serve, and they learn that by watching you. You teach them to give. You teach them to pray. You teach them to serve. You teach them to worship. You teach them to do missions. You teach them to read. Let them catch you reading the Bible and praying. You teach them morality. You teach them what marriage is and how it honors the Lord and what a marriage looks like in Scripture, not in culture, but in Scripture. We're called to raise our kids in the Lord. Now, 
at the risk of being branded political, which I never risk this, but I'm gonna risk it because it's biblical, but if you wanna call me political, fine. There has been a law passed in a nearby state that now makes it illegal, or excuse me, makes it legal for a young woman to terminate a pregnancy with a doctor's help and not inform the parents. And for that young woman or man to undergo hormone therapy to change genders with the help of a physician and not inform the parents. I bring this up, friends, because when I think culture begins to infringe on scripture, I will go there. I'm not trying to make you vote a certain way, but no. My children, until they're adults, are under my authority, not the government's, period. I'm gonna teach them to honor my leaders, but I'm raised them in the Lord. I do that. They're my response. I'm gonna stand before God and answer for how they were parented. So parents, you gotta be alert today. <clears throat> you cannot be asleep at the wheel. If you're gonna decide to procreate, be willing to give about 30 or 40 years to that. Because it's a, it's a job. If you're not willing to, if you're not willing to give the, the run of parenting, then don't procreate. Okay? Wow, that was, I got, anyway. Gig them, Aggies. <clears throat> Children, it's a good thing to honor your parents, to, and the way they honor them is by obeying them. Learn, be, don't be afraid of the word obey. It's a good word. You're going to be asked to obey all your life. Let's talk to adults. On the screen here, even after we have gained our independence from our parents, while we are no longer under obligation to obey them, unless we're under their roof, we have to honor their rules, we must continue to honor them. Now this is where this gets messy. I read a, a wonderful Jewish commentator this week who said he thinks the hardest of the Ten Commandments to, to honor is this one, because if your parents were difficult, this is hard. Because honor, honoring someone who's not been kind, honoring an enemy, can be really challenging to our, our instincts. So even after we've reached adulthood and adult independence, we're paying our bills, we're on our own. We are never, we're never released. Church, hear this. We're never released from the calling to honor mom and dad. Honor your father and your mother. There's not an age restriction. There's not a statute of limitations put on that. And it can be hard sometimes. But they are the people that God assigned to raise you. So one of the guys I read this week, it was great. He said, look, sometimes they don't appear to deserve it. In my case, my parents totally were honorable. I'm so blessed to grow up in the home I grew up in. They weren't perfect, but man, I was blessed. And we were able to honor them into their final moments of life. And I was with them both when they died. Not everybody has that <clears throat> privilege or relationship where it's possible. 
But in the same way the scripture says, as far as it's up to you, live at peace with all men, was as far as it's up to you, honor mom and dad. And one of the things you can honor them for is they chose to have you. If that's all you got, that's a great place to start. You're here. And they weren't perfect, but they, they gave you the way the Hebrews thought life was the greatest gift there is, and I agree with that. Maybe perhaps next to eternal life, biological, physical life, is a, it's where everything else, you don't have physical life, you don't have any other gifts. They chose to have you. So honor that. So adults, let me give you 10 ways, I'm gonna do it quickly, to honor your living, to honor your adult parents, whether if they're living specifically. Some of you have parents who are deceased, and I'll talk about that in just a second, how you can honor them. But let's, let's give me, let me give you 10 ways to honor mom and dad as an adult. Number one, be grateful for them. Okay? If you can be, be grateful to them, but be grateful for them. Lord, thank you for my parents. They chose to have me. They did their best. And the more, the more you practice gratitude, the more you'll see you can be grateful for. So, you know, you don't want to be that guy or girl who has an attitude, well, I really lost, I really got the dud deal on mom and dad. You know, you just don't want to say that. Because you're here. There's only one perfect father, and he's a heavenly father, so give him, give him some grace. So be grateful. Number two, when necessary, forgive them. It doesn't do you any good to hold a grudge. In fact, it makes you sick. Confession, humility time here. Maybe it helps encourage some of you. I, spent, I was in a counselor's office with my mom and my dad because I carried some real jerky, bratty anger toward my mom that was all me. And I remember sitting in my, my parents' office, my a friend of mine's office, talking to my parents, Look at my mom and say, I've been angry at you for 20 years. And she smiled and said, I had no idea. What good did my anger do? Like I'm holding this grudge against you. She was clueless. I thought I was punishing her for being, no, she, has, she was like, oh, well, you've been a great son. I had no idea. Oh, there you go. Guess who it made sick? She was absolutely clueless. Sometimes your parents need to be forgiven, so forgive them. Forgiveness is not condoning. It's not saying that behavior was okay. Forgiveness is releasing the debt. You're incapable of paying it back. When God forgives us, he does not say that behavior is okay. He says you're incapable of paying back what you owe me. Someone's gonna release the debt. Aren't you glad he does that? <clears throat> so forgive them. And maybe today's service is about you forgiving and releasing the debt. Number three, when possible, maintain a good relationship with them. Some of you have had to put up boundaries because it's not healthy for your kids or you would currently in the state your parents are in, and I understand that, but you can always pray for and work toward a, a rekindling of a relationship. But when it's possible, be in a relationship with them. Understand, you're adults, and that role has changed now. 
It's weird when your parents become your peers because they're peers, but you're still your parents. So as much as you can, begin a good relationship with them. Engage with them. Number four, when possible, care for and provide for them. And that may be helping them find a place to live where they can be cared for. But, but just leaving them, as my parents aged, um, we had to make hard decisions with, their, with conversations with them about how we're going to care for them. I'll never forget the time in August. My dad died in December of 15, I think. Maybe it was 13. 13. Um, in August, sitting down with my dad and saying, you know, it might be time for us to talk about hospice. I had to have that conversation with my dad, who was so matter-of-fact. He said, okay, whatever you guys think's best. But we had to make sure that as he walked into the final six months or so of his life that he was really well cared for. I didn't get to check out of that. I didn't want to. So as best you can, provide for and care for them. It could be financial, it could be emotional, but, but um, I remember being in India a few years ago and one of the homes, this mission we were working with at the time, um, they built a home just for the elderly because in a lot of, including Managua, in a lot of third world places, foreign countries, they'll just reel, wheel out the elderly and leave them on corners. Can't afford to care for you. It's too much responsibility, whatever. You were abusive, so you would just see groups of elderly clinging together and this home in, in um, India where we hung out would, had a home just for the elderly. We, we can't ignore, we're not gonna, you know, the scripture says rise in the, in the presence of someone with a gray hair. So we're gonna do this opposite. We're gonna honor, we're not gonna throw them on the street corner. We're gonna honor them by caring for them. Number five, this is a great one. Be a godly man or woman. You want to honor your parents? Love God. Be godly. And I love it because my kids are excelling beyond me. I won't say beyond Susie, but they're definitely excelling beyond me in everything. Including their love for Christ. And I love that. I want, I want that for them. So the way you can honor your mom and dad is to honor the God they love. And if they don't honor, the, if they don't love God, you honor God for them. But, you know, you want to be that kid, adult kid that, you know, your parent, they can go, man, your parents did a good job with you. You get it. So just be godly. Number six, tell them your stories. Remind them of those great days. Not long before my dad died, um, my son and I went to see him. And my son got his phone out and recorded it and said, gee, dad, why do you start hiking? Because because of his hiking, we've all gotten in the mountains. Our youth groups go to Estes Park, Colorado because of the mountains that my dad started. And it's just this legacy. And, and we were expecting this really, really profound answer. And he said, well, I was bored. <laughs> That's it. But they were able to say, you gave us the mountains, gee, dad. Tell them your stories. Number seven, listen to theirs. 
Listen to theirs. Or just listen to them. Some of the greatest gold in our culture is sitting in nursing rooms and nursing homes and adult retirement centers all over our city. They've lived it. I remember seeing a TV show one time about a couple whose parents were going, had been through the Great Depression and the girl went to the parents and said, I'm divorcing my husband, he's driving me crazy, we can't make this work. And mama, just, mama Bear lit up and said, how dare you say that? We live through the depression and the dust bowl. Don't tell me what hard is. Really? There's gold in these folks, guys. Go listen to them. Number nine, seek their advice and wisdom because they have it. And number 10, honor their legacy. Both my parents are gone. We're very blessed that Susie's parents are still with us and they're gonna outlive everybody. But we talk about my parents all the time and funny, tell funny stories about them. And I have mannerisms and jokes that my parents would tell, my mom would tell, or my dad would tell. And I quote my dad, my, I have G-dadisms all the time. So this is personal, but I'll put a picture on the screen. Um, that is the flag that flew over the Texas State Cemetery on the day my dad was buried there. Mom and dad are in Texas State Cemetery. In a great neighborhood, Tom Landry's right there. Uh, the sniper, Chris Kyle's there. I mean, some royalty right there. And we fly that flag at the property my parents owned in Colorado. I don't even like to say it's mine because it's the property my parents owned. Um, we fly that flag in their honor. And I do it to, just to bug the people in Colorado too. It's like a Texas flag. They, they don't like Texans, and so there you go. Um, but that's just legacy. That's just legacy. So you may need to write a letter and mail it or not mail it. You may need to visit a cemetery. You may need to say some prayers. You may need to go drive across town or make a phone call or get on a plane. You may need to lean into a relationship that they don't want to lean into. But not honoring parents is not an option. And I found that when that season of life hit, when my parents were both entering into those final years of their lives, the best thing I could do was just be there. And the more, the sicker and, and weaker they got, the more I had, to, I, the more I got to be there. Just be there. They were there for me. I was going to be there for them. You're going to do it once. I tell people who are walking their parents through seasons. And ACF gave me so much grace because I missed a lot of work when my parents were both dying. But they're going to do it once. You're going to bury them one time. Do it right. Do it right. Honor them. Honor their legacy that it may go well with you. And this is a shame that this series is more relevant. All right, let me pray, and then we're gonna jump into to baptism. 
Lord, thank you for this time. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will move and have, I pray you have moved in a way that's awesome right now as we think about honoring our parents. Lord, I thank you for mine and bless them both in heaven today. I pray there'll be some great conversations around the dinner table with adult parents and their underage children that they could talk about what obedience looks like and why it matters. I pray that you'll help the parents, the, the children in this room that are adults, think about how to honor their parents given the circumstances that are there. But Lord, I thank you that we don't, you don't let us off the hook on this one. It matters to you. And we learn to obey by honoring our mom and dad. We learn to obey you. So thank you for the relevance of the scriptures, Father. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said...